You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. And Ken, what time is it? It's the time of of sharing and caring, the holidays. Or maybe the most wonderful time of the year. I could have said that. That's okay. I chose not to. You chose not to. That's all right. You took a different path, as Robert Frost told us. Jeff, you love Robert Frost. How are you? That's very Jack, frosty Jack Frost cousin? Who is that? I do, I do love Robert Frost. Um, in theory. Name two poems by Robert Frost. I refuse to stoop to your level. Yeah, he, does, he can't do it. He can't do it. And uh, the, Jacob do it Marley, the Jacob Marley of Triviality, Matt, how are you doing? I thought I was Tiny Tim. You can be Tiny Tim if you want, I suppose. But, but not the one from Christmas seven. Carol, the one with the ukulele. I'm always so sick. That's why. That's true. Uh, yeah, but you you need like a bunch of chains and you have to float around the studio. Um, I think it'd be a lot more entertaining. But yeah, Ken, what time is it? Let's tell the the listeners. It's the uh, most wonderful time of year. It is. It's the holiday season, and uh, we're here once again for a holiday. What do you want to call it, Ken? A grab bag, a potluck. Yeah, the grab bag. A grab bag. Yeah. Um, and uh, before we, we've all got our cocoa. We've got our cocoa. We've got Neil's the, is like half marshmallows and half peppermint schnapps. You you would be the one to like. <laughs> overfill the marshmallows i feel i once wanted you're, to you're just that sweet i was once going to try out for the blue man group by the way because you know i'm a drummer just like you are ken uh but the line was so long <laughs> outside the studio i decided to leave because it wasn't worth it of tryouts of tryouts and, yeah and that had been the most annoying line of all time it was yes it was there's a lot of guys talking about their degrees and, and about mm. music theory and i said i don't want to get painted blue for this were, were people blue already for their auditions there was one guy who was blue I several won't guys blew their auditions i, I bet I you imagine. I bet you the blue men, when they see a blue guy come in for the auditions, they just roll their blue eyes. They have to. Um, but I know, we're, I know we're getting brown off. Eyes. I don't know if you've met them. <laughs> Matt has met many blue men in There his was life. a blue man in my, in the, when I was in Beverly Hills. He went into the bathroom and he came out blue because oh. he had robbed a bank and it, the ink thing went off oh, all no. over him. Oh, I thought he had died. Merry Christmas. (laughs) He was died. He was died, yeah. Maybe he was seeing all all that money to give it to everyone like Scrooge at the end of the Christmas Carol to to bring it back to the holiday season. Uh, But in order to have a potluck, to have uh, a grab bag, we need special guests here. And we're so excited to have our friends back in the studio with us. We've missed them for so long. Uh, you may know them uh, as the the queens of podcasting, uh, our sisters, or trivia <laughs> sisters, podcast sisters from Misinformation Podcast, Julia and Lauren. How are you? 
We, we will only be introduced as the queens of podcasting. <laughs> we're on all podcasting. That's, queen, that's quite I, the title. I was going to say we're the, we're the ghosts of Christmas past and future, but you know, I'm fine. Yeah. With, I'm fine with queen. I'm writing that down. Queens, queens of, of podcasting. podcasting. Yep. I'm going to put that as a, we're going to put it on the website. We're going to quote you on it. Triviality. You know, Queens of Podcasting. Please do. Please do, in fact. We'll back that up. Yeah, we will. And we'll link to your uh, to your pod, your little podcast. What's it called again? <laughs> <laughs> Travelocity. Travelocity. <laughs> three, three guys and their there friends. There it is. Three, uh, three fun guys. Yeah, friends. that's right. Um, Just one guy. Jeff. Ken. No, we don't know who. Oh. We don't know who no, 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 there's two, there's two guys. It's Ken McNeil and Jeff. Yes. That's right. Uh, well, all of our listeners, uh, I think we may have told you this. I can't remember. But when we did our survey last year um, for all of our listeners just to see how the show was going and any uh, recommendations, you uh, and your show were by far the most uh, notated uh, collaboration of all the um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the forms, it was just misinfo, 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 misinfo. So, so we waited a whole year to do it. Two years. To <laughs> yeah, <bring> right. us <laughs> back. Uh, well, our bribes worked. So I'm glad that we drained our bank accounts for that, <laughs> that particular grift. You give the people what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Thank we, you. We Thanks for having us on. We did a mysterious package full of dragon fruit. I'm assuming that was you then. I mean, that's neither here nor there, Neil. <laughs> uh, for, for, the queens of podcasting. The queens of podcasting. Queen yeah. bestowed you with <laughs> Exotic dragon fruits. fruits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for all our new listeners, uh, hopefully we have some new ones. We don't know from around the world. Uh, tell them about your show because we love it and we want them to love it as well. Fantastic. So, yes, um, Lauren and I co-host Misinformation, a trivia podcast. Um, Each episode, we take turns kind of going over a topic and teaching the other one about it. And then at the end of the episode, we have a 10 question quiz, which may or may not be related to the topic that we just discussed. Um, Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of fun with it. Um, We've had you know, not quite as many episodes as you guys have, but um, we've done a lot of book reports over the last mm-hmm. five years. And yep. so um, you can listen to our back catalog wherever you get your podcasts. Fine podcasts are sold for free. Um, I will say uh, Dictator December was a theme month that we did. That was a rough Mixed one. Bag. <laughs> Mixed bag. Mixed bag on that one. So we're glad yeah. to be doing a holiday. Now maybe don't start there. Straight Lots holiday. of fans yeah, from North episode. Korea. Um, weirdly enough weirdly yeah Venezuela too but I mean not sure why (laughs) (laughs) I have to say we barely have what it takes for the four of us to put together a cohesive entertaining podcast week Mm. to week and Mm. you both have the um, auspicious ability to do that plus actual research and craft a, a very well put together show so a rare compliment from Jeffrey. My God, I, am I blushing? I am. It's in the holiday spirit. I only, oh my no, goodness, I only yes. Them out when they're truly deserved. He perked oh, up a little bit when you said I'm still dictator waiting. December. I'm still waiting for a compliment one day. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe one we're friends for twenty years. You, you gotta wait a little bit. Year anniversary. One. I'll be holding my breath. <laughs> Is that the tin well, anniversary? You get one one compliment. Yeah, you get an empty tin can. Um, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Absolutely. Yeah, we we appreciate you guys, and uh, we're excited to be on the show. Thanks for having us. We got our questions. Yeah, we love hanging we'll out come. with you guys. Of course. Mm-hmm. Well, we we love it even more, and uh, so excited to have you here. And like we said, it's just going to be a holiday grab bag. So each of us have written five questions. Uh, I'm doing the final round. Julia is doing the swing round. Everyone else is doing uh, a, a regular round of five questions. 
And I think we just said we're not really going to keep score. We'll just kind of just hang out uh, as we would yeah, in front of the fireplace. Gonna, we're just going to talk about the questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See how we feel about them. Uh, uh, sp- speaking of the holiday season, right before we get started, um, just to bring it home a little bit, um, like mm-hmm. a good old Christmas record. Um, anything that uh, the holidays uh, embiggen you with? Is that a word? Embiggen? <laughs> embolden? Embolden. It, That's no, probably what I was thinking. It's, fine. it's a perfectly cromulent word. Yes. There we go. I knew it was a Simpsons <laughs> reference, but uh, yeah. yeah, anything. Uh, I know we're getting snow now, uh, Ken. So what, what makes you feel like part of the holiday season? I think, yeah, the snow, being with family. I think mm. is uh, paramount. Once you get that Thanksgiving dinner happening, you know it's it's the holidays are on. That's true. That's mm. what I think. Yeah, and I th- do you have uh, any uh, relatives that make it crazy, or no? Uh, no, not really. That's we good. we have a we have a pretty raucous uh, Christmas party. A lot of uh, tomfoolery. Yeah, it used to be a lot mm. more tomfoolery, and now I'm the adult, and the kids are the kids. Mm-hmm. So it's a little different, but it's still a blast. Mm. And uh, Julia, you're a, a certified yinzer, as they say. Um, Absolutely. Any, any Pittsburgh traditions? I know you're not in Pittsburgh anymore, but. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, we would always do the pickle on the Christmas tree, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a good, you know, Eastern European tradition. You, If you're unfamiliar with it, you have a pickle ornament that somebody in your household hides on the tree at some point, And then whoever finds the ornament without, like, destroying the tree or the other people, <laughs> like, you're like our rule in our house is you're not allowed to touch the tree you can only like walk around it with your hands behind your back um but then you get a special extra present which is you know wonderful and pittsburghers know what they're doing when it comes to holiday cookies too by the way so i believe that yeah i have the when i'm eating a uh you know at a diner or something i have the same rule like you can look at my pickle but don't touch it (laughs) Because I'm going to eat it. Have it for $10. Mm. So. You can touch the pickle for 10 bucks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just look look for five, touch for 10. Yeah. Okay. Too brainy. Uh, and Lauren, uh, as a, a fellow Anglophile, I know we talk about mm. it all the time. Um, mm-hmm. You're from England. You were born there in Essex. I was, as you can tell from my accent. <laughs> uh, any, <laughs> any holiday quite, traditions? Yes, quite. <laughs> any British holiday traditions? Um, not specifically British ones, besides just watching the. Um, you know, Great British Bake Off Christmas specials, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, we would always go out and cut down our own trees at a tree farm. Oh, no and, way. Uh, we, we continue uh, this tradition today because... It's overrated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if I remember correctly, Julia, your husband threw the axe at the tree <laughs> instead of actually getting down on his knees because he didn't want his jeans to get dirty. So... <laughs> So there's that. That's why you threw it. Did it go, did it go down in one blow? You gotta have a you gotta have a tarp to get on your on your back and really saw that thing down. If he yeah, threw yeah. the axe and the tree fell over, that would be the man. That would be so cool, time. but it definitely did not Unfortunately, happen. Unfortunately, that's near not it. how it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Steve's if you have uh, to get family. Down on your knees, it's not an axe, really. It's more of a hatchet. Yeah, it was a it was actually a saw if I remember correctly. It was like a little hand saw. <laughs> Through the hand which saw. Made it even, which even made it sadder, which made it even sadder. So yeah. Well you're cutting trees down and Matt, you just you just have a house now. So how does that feel? Are you decorating it or are you just gonna leave it bare? No, I'm I've gone really into um dad mode since I moved out here and I'm just monitoring the thermostat twenty four seven. So that's really <laughs> that's really what I do over you're here. You're not getting up on the roof? No, to hang of course not. No? Okay. I did discover we had an attic, though. I found the crawl space entry, so it was, it's was. it been a big week for me. Okay. Hanging out wow. in the crawl space. Congratulations. Yeah, well, I have a place to go because they won't go because yeah, there might be spiders. 
No, this that's the podcast shed, and we're still there working on it. There might be spiders it. or some hereditary related <laughs> horrors up there. So. Mm. Who's to say? We don't know. And uh, last but not least, Jeff, uh, what makes your Christmas tingle? Bah humbug, he said. Moving on. <laughs> Jeff is Jeff I, is a sincere man. I, I do genuinely appreciate aspects of the holidays. All right, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's the coldest response. Uh, no, 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 no. I love, wow. love love the holiday season. Quite the politician. I love I love eating and and giving gifts. Um, you know, you sound like Mitt Romney when he said he likes humor. Binders <laughs> full of women. Like You're funny, make me laugh. <laughs> jokes of laughter. Well, I, you know, as I get older, I need less. I, I'm not as excited about the getting gifts, but giving someone a good gift—that mm. mm-hmm. satisfaction—is is immense. Well, hey so. Jeff, mm-hmm. if you like giving gifts, I like receiving them, so I'll be waiting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of giving gifts, uh, we all have questions, and they're all gifts, but I guess, Ken, we have to go throw it to the rules, just in case uh, we have a new listener listening today. This isn't like our normal episode, where we're competing, uh, per se, but we saw the same rules, so... No, we don't. We don't? No, we're just playing for fun. Oh, we don't need the rules? Jimmy Stewart everybody else rules. has to follow the rules. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll toss it to Darren for yeah. a rules reading. A Santa Claus I'll, rules I'll put reading. put some jingle bells underneath it or something. Or I won't. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. Who could say what happened? We don't know. <laughs> Depends how lazy I was feeling that we'll see, day. We'll yeah. see what future Ken feels like. Mm, no jingle bells. Uh, Matthew James, uh, it's, uh, it's up to you like... to start this uh, Polar Express. Oh, excellent. So I wrote questions. I took some of the reindeer's names, and I wrote questions that aren't holiday-related at all. So here we go. What reindeer are you referring to? Santa's reindeer. Oh, okay. Not all just random Santa's... reindeer? Different reindeer I've met along the way, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> For my reindeer club. Uh, the first one in the category of Donner. You'll guess where this is going. As a man who normally wouldn't turn down a party, I'd have to take a pass on the Donner party. If they hadn't succumbed to various cold and cannibal incidents, what was the final destination that this party had set out for after departing Independence, Missouri? I, th- I think I know. Yeah. Do you need the city or the state? The state is fine. Yeah. Oh, then right. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is is Do you it, know what Independence, Missouri, is famous for, Neil? Um, Independence. What starts in Independence, Missouri? What do you think? What starts? Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. Miserable is times. I, my river? old Apple II. <laughs> Pressing space for a shooter gun. River? No. No. The you could Oregon ford the river. Trail. You can also choose to to uh, cock your axles and float across. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's where the Harry S. Truman Presidential Library is. Just mm-hmm. saying. There you go. Or you could just uh, croak from dysentery. Get some dysentery. Yeah. So I'm saying Oregon. What do you guys think? Or Oregon, if you prefer. I'm going to say California. They were going to California. Yeah, I was feeling more in the in the line of the OC's opening theme and going to say California. I, I concur with well, California. Um, just me alone on an island. Well, they were taking the Oregon Trail, um, and they made it to California. I think they were going to Oregon, though. I'm gonna say the answer is Oregon. Ooh. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure they were going to Oregon. They did die in California. So I thought I thought this was gonna be like White Christmas, but this is uh, this is Nasty Christmas from the office. <laughs> yeah. So so what you're saying is you wrote questions without answers. You were gonna wing it. You, Listen, you were just gonna. It said they were you taking were just the, gonna feel it out. Man. They were taking the Oregon Trail, so they were going to you Oregon. Can't That's, stop short of Oregon. It's if not you're on the Oregon Trail. All right, we're gonna go on to the next question. I'll let you track. All right, some emails. I don't care. Jeff will determine who's right and who's wrong. Who is who is wrong and who is Jeff? Who's naughty and who is nice? Good way to get started. This next one is in Cupid. If you've been to a wedding or a school dance in the last 15 years, you've undoubtedly come across the Cupid Shuffle. Everyone knows the song, but I bet not everyone knows who made the song. Who is the person that is responsible for making everyone on the dance floor walk it out by themselves? I don't think I know this one, really. I, I do know I've that this guy was out. on The Voice one mm-hmm. season. He, like was on the voice and he was like oh yeah i'm the cupid shuffle guy and no one turned their chairs around for him which is like the <laughs> extra saddest thing and they're like oh it's you and he was like yeah it's me assholes and then he got eliminated and i'd be done if i if i was making a fortune off the cupid shuffle i'd just be done I'd be like right? okay i'm retired now that reminds me of like the mass singer what you're saying lauren when people's heads come off and then no one knows who they are because <laughs> they're just they're a like, little slower than oh, oh. Oh, it's 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 you from the from the thing, yeah. Uh, I, I know who it is. I think I'm I'm good over here. Neil I don't knows. know. Yeah. I don't know. I, think, I have no idea. I think it, once again, Matt at the first question didn't give us any answers, and the second question, the answer was in the clue, and the uh, so I think it's Cupid. <laughs> yep he he named the shuffle after himself. <laughs> it's the, the or did Cupid he name shuffle. Him shuff, himself after the shuffle? It's possible. Yeah. I don't know what came first. Or maybe they Who were knows? concurrent. Jeff, but do we have a ruling on the Donner Party? Well, you can take Did... the Oregon Trail to either Oregon or California. Okay. But if they so died in California, they... California is probably the right answer because they never made it to Oregon. Right? No, they were going to take the five yeah. up they're, they're to going up. <laughs> <laughs> The 101 was busy. The 101, yeah. <laughs> Wikipedia Perfect. says California. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, it says the opening is the Donner Party, sometimes called the Donner Reed Party, it was a group of American pioneers who migrated to California. Well, yeah, that's where they made it. If you're going to use your obscure fact north. sites like Wikipedia, <laughs> how am I supposed to compete with that? I looked at one thing and wrote this today while I was working. Let me, okay. let me, let me ask a quick question to Jeff before you move on. Did you mm-hmm. also write a Donner Party question? No. Okay. Ooh, okay. I, I figured he might have. <laughs> on brand. All right, next one is in Comet. The Houston Comets were a WNBA team that, much like their namesake, burned hot and bright and eventually dissolved. Within one, how many championships did this team win in its 11-year existence as a team? Well, the ladies are loving this question. I know this one. They're literally dancing right now. I know it's because of their episode. That's why I yeah, know. did a WNBA episode mm-hmm. this year. Uh, I will tell I you, I don't remember, but Julia knows the answer. So <laughs> I'm going to dance because I'm on her team. Bow, 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 bow. I know the answer, too. Four. I, I don't know. The uh, answer. Sure. Yeah, it's four. Four. It's four. Yes. They, won, they won the first four. Yep. That sounded and, like and an impress- they, impressive but reasonable amount. <laughs> and then they lost so much that they had to go away forever. And now they don't exist anymore. Really sad. That's so maybe, maybe they'll come back because there's like 20 teams now. Next category is Blitzen. 
NFL Blitz was an iconic game that was released in 1997 that brought cartoon violence together with an NFL license. Once they lost the license due to various reasons, they came back with 2005's Blitz the League. It had made-up teams like the New York Nightmare and Baltimore Bearcats, which former New York legend and WrestleMania main eventer was brought on to be the spokesperson for this game. Do you know, Neil? I don't. I'm just trying to knowing uh, exclamation there. I'm just trying to think of the clues, the WrestleMania and the New York legend. Wrestle, uh, you didn't say which WrestleMania, right? Well, I can tell you it's WrestleMania 9, if that helps you. Oh, Lauren. WrestleMania 9. <laughs> yeah. He wrestled you Man remember Man your episode Bigelow. about WrestleMania 9? Of course. <laughs> the greatest <laughs> WrestleMania. Oh, my goodness. With Nana and... I, mean, I, thought, I thought 3 with Hogan was the best one, right? Hogan and Andre. Yeah. The yes. giant. This man was also a giant. That's the only one I know anything about by number. From New York, possibly. <laughs> the big show. Ooh, he would do it, right? A, he'd do it. I'm going to say... Um, He's a football player. Oh, it's probably, this, I think I know who it is. Wrestler, is it the sparkly guy? Player. Who's the sparkle guy? Goldberg. Um, made of gold. Oh, you talking about Goldberg gold dust? And... <laughs> no, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of John Cena. Uh, Rick. Is this... Oh, Rick oh, Flair. Rick Flair. <laughs> I don't think he played football. <laughs> was it? You know who did play football though? Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He oh. did. Mm. Was it uh, Lawrence Taylor, famed New York Giants uh, defensive player? It was Lawrence Taylor. LT. Nice. LT. LT. What up? LT. That's me. But not, not me. <laughs> not that one. Just a dominant force in football and podcasting. Yep. That's true. <laughs> I can All really right. run the ball down was, that he field. Was, he was a linebacker. Matt, can you confirm <laughs> oh, or deny really? whether... Slam <laughs> in the people. It's possible. Like, really... There's a fumble, you know, you can pick it up. Was yeah. he on anything that night, Matt? Do you know? Probably. Lawrence Taylor? Yeah. Like on Something. WrestleMania? I mean, he was on WrestleMania. I mean, was he on anything else, though? No, oh, steroids, probably. Yeah. And, that's why, and that's why he ended up being the spokesman for Blitz the League. It was a, it was a very violent game. The NFL would not have approved. Yeah, didn't, isn't he the one that broke Joe Theismann's leg? Mm, yes. I yes, so. he was, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like the blind side taught me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's still like the most, I think it's the grossest thing I've seen in, in live sports. Um yeah, poor cool. poor Joe Theismann. Merry Christmas to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, this next one will really break the spirit. So Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph is an NFL tight end who is most known for playing in Minnesota for the Vikings. If you were to have a Viking over for your holiday party this season, what would be the traditional way to toast over a round of mead? Mm. You, you might have heard this in Assassin's Creed, Valhalla. Is this the same well, greeting from the uh, football stadium as well? It is. Uh, yes. I think I know it. Though. I got it. I should know this because because you're a Viking. Played, no, Angie played Valhalla basically while I watched it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I can give you a hint, Jeff. I think it's you the, get it. I think it's the Icelandic toast, too. I know it Skull? from the Skull. Yeah, right? yeah, Skull. Oh, yes, Skull to you and everyone listening. Do you know the name of the uh, secret society in the uh, the Vikings version of Yale? The Skulls. Skull and Skull Crossbones. And <laughs> yeah. It's a bad joke. I'm sorry. It is oh, a bad joke. Well, that was great. Those are my questions. Thank you guys for indulging me. Great job, Matt. Now, let's get great some job. good ones. Who's next? Here, I'll, I'll, I'll go next. Let me, Matt uh, opened his presents. He's going to go back up to his room and play video games. Thanks, Matt, for joining us. 
All right, my question. Put all your wrapper, put all your wrapping paper in the garbage bag before you go. Yeah, you definitely do that. Yeah. My questions are certainly not difficult. Uh, I don't think, but uh, I thought they were were kind of fun. We can discuss them. So the first one is kind of about elves. The Hulda folk are the hidden people or elves, common in the folklore of the Faroese, uh, as well as what island nation? I don't know what any of the that Faroe meant. Islands. Oh. We know where the Faroe Islands are, Lauren. And yeah, what of course. island nation the North as well? I think. It's where Woody Allen is not allowed. <laughs> the Faroe Islands? Oh. Or Will Faroe hangs out? No. No, he said Faroe. Now you have to eat a piece of coal. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Colin Faroe and Will Faroe have an island? I thought you said Faroe. <laughs> yeah, the Faroe He did Islands. say Faroe. Oh, okay. Uh, Faroe. It's common mm-hmm. in the folklore of the Faroese as well as what island nation? I'm pretty mm. sure that Samoa. Is it Samoa? Yeah. I'll say, I'll say Greenland. Oh. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to say Iceland. I, I was going to say I that was my first inclination and then backed up by um, that great Will Ferrell movie from two Elf? years ago. No. <laughs> <laughs> the one about uh, Eurovision. Oh. Um, I, I would also say Iceland. Oh, yeah. Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it is Iceland. Uh, it's kind of interesting. They they see the elves as kind of simultaneously existing on a different plane. So mm. it's it said, uh, don't throw rocks because you might hit an elf. Oh, that makes sense because that's Rachel McAdams in the movie. She gives gifts to the elves mm-hmm. like wine and cheese and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for good luck. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, probably my easiest question, but interesting. The best games always start as acts of defiance in this host's opinion. It is posited that the invention of what toy came about due to the illegality of studying the Torah. When people would snoop around during the studies, the Torah scrolls would be hidden and replaced with this portable toy. Hmm. I mean, I have my... my You have your suspicions? I have my suspicions as to what this is. I don't know. Is it a, is it a, a... Toy potentially made of clay. Is it a toy Is it a toy that when Julia... it's dry and ready, you can you can bust it right out? Maybe Julia has has touched this toy at the Strong Museum that she works at. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about. Is it a dreidel? Dreidel. 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 Oh. Made it out of clay. <laughs> yeah. How so basically, confuse that for a for a Torah. A Torah. What? <laughs> like, no. No, they you studying it. the you Jews go. would be studying the Torah, yeah. but it was illegal in, right. in that place and time. So they'd have the dreidel and be like, we're not studying here. We're just playing playing dice. No, over this scroll. No, they'd hide the scroll. Reading. Listen oh, to the okay. question. They'd hide <laughs> the it. scroll. I thought the toy the had to next. look like a scroll. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I thought as well. I thought it was a Ouija board, honestly, right at the beginning. <laughs> During the studies, the Torah scrolls would be hidden and replaced with this okay. portable toy. Have you ever played Hide the Scroll, Ken? (laughs) (laughs) Gotta pay the scroll toll. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Is any of that usable? What are we doing here? That is my favorite joke (laughs) of the whole year. (laughs) All right. December 26th is the birthday of what Marvel Eternals actor, whose most popular role is decidedly winter-themed? I know this one. I refuse to watch The Eternals. Why? Why? It's not good. I enjoyed it. Don't care. Too long. It's not that long. 
What's the ideal movie it's length only for as you, long Matt? as Black Panther. Uh, 93 minutes. Okay. Wow. Thank you. Same. Wow. Honestly, so a movie specific. could be as long as it needs to be, as long as it's interesting. Right. That's mm. my opinion. Mm. Meaning I, I could watch that. Eyes Wide Shut two times in a row. Really? You chose Eyes Wide Shut as your example? It's a Christmas movie. Ken, it's Ken, a Christmas movie. You chose Eyes Ken? You chose Eyes Wide Shut as your example? <laughs> Come on, my man. Choose. It's the holidays. It's a Christmas mm. movie. Christmas yeah, okay. the cranks. I could watch four times. <laughs> I mean, he could have named another movie he's a big fan of by Lars von Trier. <laughs> oh, God. The just cut his five and a half hours long. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, boy. Anybody what know? was the question again? Did you ask a question? No, it's the yeah, guy ask... from the Eternals. has a birthday. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you guys discuss. I know this one, but. And it's, it's it's not tough acting, it's an acting. It's not. Is it the guy that got super ripped? <gasps> Come on, oh. Lajani. Oh, yeah, he's it... the only one I could name that's in it right now. Yeah, his most popular role is decidedly winter themed. He's great in a in a British series called The Bodyguard. If you want to watch it on Netflix. Oh, um, he was in. Uh, oh, 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 there's two guys from Winter Theme and Eternals. My bad. Okay. Um, he he was in uh, the uh, Elton John movie, Joel. Rocket Man? Um, Taron Edgerton? Not Taron Edgerton. The guy who played his uh, boyfriend oh. who was ended up being an yes. asshole. What is his name? What Richard? Oh nope. That's uh, <laughs> weird. You getting a call there, Neil? No, my Spotify something? just started playing um, some song called uh, Up, Up, and Away. The Way yeah. You Look. That's I just weird. decided. Uh, I, I was thinking it was that guy, uh, Julian Lauren, but um, I think it's a different winner-themed actor. I was thinking it was John oh. Madden. Richard Madden, sorry. Richard Madden. Richard Madden. Richard Madden. But you're thinking right. of Kit Harrington. Yeah, Kit Harrington is also in the Eternals. Oh, as a non, he's a non-Eternal in the Eternals. And his character is Jon Snow. More oh. importantly, however, than Kit Harrington, the 26th is also the beginning of the week-long celebration of Kwanzaa, celebrating African-American uh, heritage and African heritage. Each day is focused on a different principle chosen by its founder, Translated from Swahili into English, the seven principles are unity, self-determination, collective work and responsibility, cooperative economics, purpose, creativity, and faith. Neat. Tag yourself. I'm purpose. <laughs> I'm um, uh, responsibility and hard work. <laughs> I don't know if I'm any of these. There's a I great uh, TikTok account where a guy goes up to people in London and he's like, can I talk to you about your fashion? And one time it was... Kit Harrington walking. Oh, and, really? And he goes up to him. He's like, can I talk to you about your fashion show? He's like, no. And then he walked. And then there was a bar <laughs> no. behind him that said Jon Snow on it. It was really wow. random. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, small uh, trigger warning for this next question for everything. Mm. Um, so if you don't like uh, stuff, just skip a minute in. Even the holidays need a gritty reboot. In 2019, the world was treated to a miniseries remake of What Classic Tale? Starring Guy Pierce, the miniseries was written by Stephen Knight, famous for such cheery films as Eastern Promises and Dirty Pretty Things, and had the notable Jolly, Tom Hardy, and Ridley Scott as producers. Wikipedia describes the series as follows. The drama involves adult language, brief nudity, horror elements, implications of child molestation, forced prostitution, and a depiction of a child drowning. Merry Christmas. Subtitle of every Triviality episode. Yeah, I don't like that. 
This is uh, a this is a TV movie. This is a mini series, yeah. A mini series. Mini series mm. remake of a classic tale. I did start watching this, and Colleen said, "Turn it off. I don't want to watch this." So I never finished it. <laughs> it's, it's too uh, grayscale. <laughs> yeah, it is very grayscale. I couldn't um, even begin. I feel like is I got dropped a Christmas into Carol? a foreign country, and I have yeah. no idea what's happening. Mm. <laughs> I Neil, I mean, one. is Neil the only one who knows? No, mm. I, I think Lauren might know. Did I, I said a Christmas Carol, but that's the only like mm. classic that came to mind at the Christmas moment. Carol. Yes, it is Christmas Carol. Are you Carol. serious? Yeah. A gritty reboot of A Christmas Carol? I gotta look What's this up right now. Who asked for that? Christmas Carol. Oh, Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> With Guy Pierce's Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh my God. Yeah, it's really nobody, dark. Nobody okay. needed that. There's no Muppets in it. No Muppets. Not a There's single one Muppet. Muppet. <laughs> you just gotta wait for the one Muppet to show up. And Guy Pierce uh, has a short-term memory in it too, which is really random. Does he? Oh, so weird. <laughs> it's like a memento. <laughs> I remember that. Remember Sammy um, Jenkins? Yeah. <laughs> uh, takes uh, photographs wherever he goes. All right. Joey Pants in the movie. And uh, my final question. After so many holiday celebrations, it's time to warm our bones. A brilliant device prominent in Japan, the kotatsu, is a specialized table that features what other two important elements to bring you some winter cozies? Does anybody know what a kotatsu features? No. Yeah, that's that uh, that video game website. It's a very yeah. <laughs> it's a very special table with some extra frills. Is it a bidet? I feel like everything's it's, a bidet. It doesn't have a bidet. If it's, bidet. Kind of, it's a heated bidet. Ken loves his bidet. Is your bidet heated, by the way? No, it's not. Oh, okay. It's always bidet. Oh, actually, mine does have capability to hook up to warm water, but I'd have to drill a hole through my cabinet to get to the warm water line. Might be worth so it. So I'm not going to do that. No, I live in an apartment. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you really want to go plan. fancy, you got to put that electrical outlet right there for the heated seat feature. No, that I don't have. Hmm. So what's this? What's this table? It's a hot chocolate maker. What are we? What are you talking about here? A kotatsu makes you nice and cozy. Cozy. It does it have like a heater under it. Maybe it does have a heater. That's one of the things. How about like an open flame on top for roasting your marshmallows? No open flame. No. This is brilliant, and we really should uh, get these. Um, it An has automatic nutcracker. <laughs> it has a heater underneath and a blanket, like a like oh. a blanket over the top. I was so going to say a snuggie. Would you have counted you, that? Yeah, I count a snuggie. Basically, <laughs> you sit underneath the blanket at the table, and everything underneath the blanket is toasty warm. That sounds delightful. That does sound nice. Yes, it does. That sounds way too hot. Mm. So at this point in the game, sadly, Matt has to uh, depart. Um, the holiday cheer was just too much for him. He got a little, little tuckered out. By the, mm, okay. by, the, Eggnog. by the bottom of the Christmas tree. Yep. He fell asleep under the tree. So uh, we, we say goodbye to Matt. But uh, let's toss it over to Neil for some info. Yeah, I just wanted to say uh, we're talking about uh, a bunch of different questions for the holiday, which is our version of gifts. But the true gifts of the holiday season are uh, the support we get uh, from our patrons. So just want to say thank you to all our patrons who help make the show possible. Um, if you'd like to get a, a ton of extra bonus uh, content, uh, some stickers, boxes, all you know, great things like that. But mostly uh, our main feed episodes uh, ad-free 
Um, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And uh, one of our uh, longest serving patrons is Julia. So thank you, Julia, for being a patron. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. <gasps> it's you, Julia. Yes. Yeah. Um, she, she wrote letters to, to Santa. And then back in the post, uh, Santa agreed and said, come join Patreon, apparently. I don't know. That was the story I heard. <laughs> yes. And we were incredibly thankful to her and all of our uh, Patreon supporters who make the show possible. Yeah, and uh, and speaking of Julia, who is a patron, uh, if you want to join her, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcasts, and she is going to continue the game by uh, doing the swing round for us today. Yes, you guys know I love a swing round. So um, for our swing round today, I've got holiday foods on the brain. Um, this isn't just foods that you would serve in December. So for this swing round, I'm going to name for you a specific food and its description. And for five points each, tell me with which holiday this food is most associated. Mm. So you don't have to name a country or a date, just the celebration. Okay. Okay. All right. Number one, pastel. A masa dough encasing a marinated pork and adobo stuffing wrapped in a boiled green banana or plantain leaf. Number two, mooncake, a round tender pastry with a rich dense filling typically made from lotus seed or red bean paste with an imprint on the pastry top. Number three, ma'amul, a dome shaped filled butter cookie made with semolina containing filling made with dried dates and pistachios or walnuts. Number four, soufganiya, a round jelly donut, deep fried in oil, filled with jam or custard and topped with powdered sugar. Number five, bonchong, a rice cake made using sticky rice, pork, mung beans, green onions, and fish sauce, wrapped up in a large green leaf, shaped into a square cake, and placed on the family altar to honor family ancestors. Number six, a tortiere, a deep dish pie filled with spiced ground meat and potato that's typically served at Réveillon. Number seven, pan de muerto, a sweet soft bread shaped like a bun, often decorated with bone-shaped pieces and topped with sugar. Number eight, las doce uvas de la suerte. Mm, that's 12 green grapes that you eat. You eat them. Number nine, Pashka, a sweet dish made from curd cheese and dried fruit formed in a mold, traditionally in the shape of a truncated pyramid decorated with religious symbols. It's usually served with a tall bread like a coolidge. And number 10, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, you might need to place an order up to two months in advance to get the party barrel package. All right, we'll take a quick break for some messages from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with our discussion. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. 
You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. Let's uh, let's talk about some of these things. Can we get the description of number one again? Yeah, talk about it. Number one, a pastel, a masa dough encasing a marinated pork and adobo stuffing wrapped in a boiled green banana or plantain leaf. Well, that sounds good as hell. Yeah. But I have no idea. Did Lizzo make it? Good as hell. <laughs> wow. I mean, you can pick a holiday. Like, you know, there's yeah. it you sounds make guesses it, at things. It sounds central or South American. Indeed. Mm-hmm. That was my thought Indeed. as well. Mm-hmm. I, maybe this is a Christmas one. A lot of Christianity down in that region, yeah. right? Yeah. Let's do Christmas. Okay. The answer is Christmas. This is yeah. uh, specifically like I came right out of Puerto Rico. So they're mm. really a family tradition. You gather around the table with all your family members, you make like giant batches of these um, throughout December to serve at Christmas time. So that masa, it's like taro root and green plantain and green banana and sometimes kabocha squash. Um, so it's all typically served with uh, pique criollo, which is like a Puerto Rican hot sauce. Um, also arroz con gandules, which is like rice and beans um there's also roasted pork and other holiday foods and mm. so they're very associated with christmas there very savory mm. Mm. great job uh number two a moon cake which is a round tender pastry with a rich dense filling typically made from lotus seed or red bean paste and an imprint on the pastry top well the the filling ingredients make me feel like asian asian yeah. cuisine India potentially was the, one of the first ones that came to mind. Uh, I'm going to say New Year's. I was going to say Chinese New Year, maybe, or just New mm-hmm. Year's. I'm okay guessing a New Year's type celebration. So this one is actually the Mid-Autumn Festival, also oh. called the Moon Festival or the Mooncake Festival. Um, so it's typically celebrated in Chinese culture, though there are similar holidays that exist in other um, Southeast Asian countries. So the Mid-Autumn Festival is held usually mid-September to early October in the in our calendar. And on this day, the Chinese believe that the moon is at its brightest and fullest, and it coincides with the harvest time. So lanterns of all shapes and sizes, they're carried and displayed, and they're supposed to light the path to prosperity and good fortune. Um, and if you've ever gotten the chance to eat a mooncake, they are pretty delicious. Delicious. Pretty damn tasty. Mm-hmm. All right, number three, ma'amul, a dome-shaped filled butter cookie made with semolina containing filling made with dried dates and pistachios or walnuts. The dried dates make me think it's... Maybe Mediterranean. Mediterranean. Yeah. Turkish. I was saying turkey, maybe. What what kind of Turkish thing do you think? I mean, is this an Islamic celebration, something like Eid? Um, I'll let let you make that call because I'm not sure. Lauren, anything? Lauren's frozen with uh, delight at the sound of that dessert. So, um, Jeff, make the call. We'll guess Eid. Eid. I, w- 
I'll accept that. This is specifically Eid al-Fitr, oh, which is the yeah. yep, the end of Ramadan. Yeah. Um, so that's the Islamic holy month of fasting. And so malamul can be made and consumed all year long, but they are most associated with Eid al-Fitr in the celebration for the ending of Ramadan's fasting. Um, it literally translates to the holiday of the breaking of the fast and is sometimes referred to as the sweet Eid. Um, there is another Eid, um, Eid al-Hada, the Feast of the Sacrifice, which commemorates the willingness of Ibrahim to sacrifice his son. According to um, my um, my um, Islamic coworker, um, that's the Eid no one cares about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what he told me. All right. um, but uh, yeah. no, Eid, Eid al-Fatir is the one that he told me is like the, the bigger celebration, obviously, at the, the end of Ramadan. So, all right. Yeah, great job. Number four, sukaniya, a round jelly donut deep fried in oil filled with jam or custard and topped with powdered sugar. For this one, I feel pretty confident. Um, I was researching Hanukkah stuff for my dreidel question, and I think it's Hanukkah because I was like, that mm. sounds good. But is uh, Sukkot is also a celebration, right, of some sort? Sukaniya? I, I don't know, hmm. but Julia was nodding when I was talking about Hanukkah, so... Yeah, that was my indication as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, this podcast is famously a visual medium. Um, yes, it is. It is Hanukkah. So during Hanukkah, oily foods symbolize the miracle of the lamp oil. And so um, typically now that's a in, tradition I could get behind, you know, right, right. Some donuts. Um, <laughs> they've been typically especially associated with Israel, while um, in America, Hanukkah tends to be associated with latkes, though obviously donuts are... <laughs> gaining on them here mm. all right um number five banchung a rice cake made using sticky rice pork mung beans green onions and fish sauce that's wrapped up in a large green leaf shaped into a square cake and placed on a family altar to honor family ancestors should we uh try new year's again yeah that's what i was gonna say let's do new year's again all right <laughs> if we just uh spray new year's all over the swing round eventually we're gonna hit <laughs> exactly <laughs> yes i will accept that so this is specifically tet the Viet vietnamese lunar new year um so tet means festival but here it's shorthand for the lunar new year festival in vietnam so typically celebrated the same day as the chinese new year um their Tet holiday traditions include ancestor worship, exchanging New Year's greetings, giving lucky money to children and elderly people, visiting your friends and relatives, and also making as much noise as possible in the streets to ward off evil spirits. Right. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a great night's sleep. <laughs> uh, number six, tortillere, a deep dish pie filled with spiced ground meat and potato that is traditionally served at Réveillon. I, Sounds French. What's a French holiday? I what's think a French day. I think I know mm. this one because my birthday is New Year's is New Year's Day, and I believe this is not French per se. It's French Canadian. Mm. I think it's New Year's oh, Eve from the, Canada. The discount French. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why do you know this? The dollar because, store. Because my birthday is on New Year's, and I I always look at like how people celebrate New Year's, and oh, this okay. is the yes. night before. I will accept that. So, um, tortier, it's a French Canadian meat pie, specifically you know, from Quebec. So Réveillon um, can be um, used to refer to either Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve. Um, mm -hmm. Specifically, the term Réveillon is first documented in the 18th century France, used by the French as a name for nightlong party dinners held by the nobility. Um, participation involves staying awake until morning. So that's where Réveillon comes from for waking. Um, and also, I'm that's what I'm we're doing for Christmas Eve this year. I'm making this French-Canadian meat pie. Sounds like um, a good idea. That delicious. 
awesome. Yes. Yeah. Please sounds send great. pictures because I, I can't afford to give someone Cartier, but maybe I could give someone a Tortier. Mm. Hey, yo. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> it's Tortier. <laughs> uh, numbers. Tortier. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven, a pan de muerto, a sweet soft bread shaped like a bun, often decorated with bone-shaped pieces and topped with sugar. Is Dia de los Muertos? I heard yes. muerto. I'm going to say on the nose. Dia de los Muertos. This is the Rihanna song. I wish all my food had bone bone-shaped pieces in it. <laughs> <laughs> they can't guys... eat meat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if you ate meat, you could get all the bone you wanted, man. That's <laughs> how that works. You guys are right. It's uh, it's the uh, Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos. Um, so Pan de Muerto re- translates to Bread of the Dead. Um, so Dia de los Muertos, um, widely observed in Mexico on November 1st and 2nd. It's a holiday of joyful celebration rather than mourning. Your traditions there um, include honoring the deceased using sugar skulls and marigold flowers, building home altars with the favorite foods and beverages of the departed, and also visiting graves with these items as gifts for the deceased. You remember that... Uh- great british bake-off like video game crossover right where like all the contestants that didn't make it get another shot red dead redemption (laughs) oh man have a piece of coal (laughs) Uh, you get a piece of coal you You get get coal coal. you get coal all right uh number eight las doce uvas de la suerte uh that's 12 green grapes and you eat them that's it sounds italian this one sounds less delicious that's new year's eve i think oh that's right lauren you're italian I, I am Italian. Um, She's but. Italian, but I'm not. But uh, she knows that my Spanish accent is notoriously awful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know I this. Speak, from, I speak Spanish with a French accent. Yes. So, uh, That's all right. I speak sorry. Spanish with an Italian accent. So it's not that big of a deal. Um, I learned this from Modern Family. Yeah, it's New Year's Eve. So um, it's the 12 grapes of luck. Um, Most versions of the practice involve eating 12 grapes right at midnight, oftentimes in sync with the 12 strikes of the hour. Um, But please don't choke trying to do it. Please wave, you know, sign a waiver first. Um, But if you do it, it's said to guarantee good luck in the coming New Year. You're not going to catch me eating grapes on New Year's. You don't think so? No, that's that's. I'm gonna pass on that. That's one. for so new, sissies. New TikTok channel, especially if they're frozen, because they have very sensitive teeth. I'm gonna force feed you grapes on New Year's. <laughs> force yeah. feed. You. Look, if you centrally feed me grapes, then I'll eat the grapes off the vine. This is getting into a level that <laughs> we weren't. I don't think for. we should be here for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we feel. Maybe we should leave. We leave the room. <laughs> All right, number nine. <laughs> number nine, pashka, a sweet dish made from curd cheese and dried fruit formed in a mold, traditionally in the shape of a truncated pyramid, decorated with religious symbols and usually served with a tall bread like a kulich. We haven't we haven't got uh in Easter yet. I don't know if this is the one. It, like, sounds, it sounds like it could be like a Polish Easter yeah. tradition. Yeah, that's that sounds right. I like that. Great job, guys. This is Easter, specifically in the Slavic countries. Nice. Um, so Pashka is a type of creamy egg and dried fruit custard that's made to celebrate the end of Lent. Um, there's a truncated pyramid mold, often decorated with the three bar cross and the Cyrillic letters XB, or, which um, basically stand for Christ is risen. And so it's said to represent the tomb of Jesus Christ in the Eastern, Eastern Orthodox tradition. Is it just me or is, is that a region very big on molded foods? Oh, mm-hmm. we, lo- we love a molded food love them can we put food. something in gelatin uh <laughs> potato oh everything yeah all right and finally question 10 uh kentucky fried chicken 
I was excited you, about this one. Yeah, you might need to place an order up to two months in advance to get this party barrel package. This for sure is a Christmas. Japanese Christmas tradition. Definitely. Wild. Definitely. And I, so I had to look up why, obviously. So um, according to KFC Japan <laughs> in 1970, the manager of the first KFC in the country had an idea that came to him in a dream, a party barrel to be sold on Christmas. So he had overheard some foreigners in his store, like talking about how they missed having like turkey for like Thanksgiving and Christmas. And he hoped that a Christmas dinner of fried chicken could be a substitute. So he began marketing his party barrel as a way to celebrate the holiday. Um, and the campaign went countrywide in 1974 as Kurisumasu Niwa Kentucky, Kentucky for Christmas. And um, since there was no real tradition of Christmas per se in Japan, this campaign really filled a void. Um, yeah, and also, so I like it's a very successful ad campaign, essentially. Yeah. yeah. For real. And and some locations have their Colonel Sanders dressing up as Santa Claus too. But yeah, you got to place your order like months in advance. This is like when I went to. Uh, White Castle a couple times for Valentine's Day because I had a Valentine's Day dinner with my, my parents went wow. for fun. It's kind of a joke at first, but then they went a couple years in a row and we went. And speaking of which, <laughs> speaking of uh, such things, uh, Christmas is also like more of a couple's holiday in Japan. As oh, interesting. Like a family holiday because it has uh, less religious affiliation. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, that's cool. Well, that concludes job, the everybody. swing round. 100 points for everybody. Great swing round. That was That was wonderful. Thank you for the flavor text as well. I love flavor text, guys. Most of my quizzes are mostly flavor text. It's a very flavorful <laughs> swing round. It, well, it's like, a, it's like a Christmas or a holiday celebration. You get together, you have some apps, you talk, but then you have the big meal, and that was our big meal. Very flavorful. Mm-hmm. All right. Who's Delicious. Next? Who's next in this Yankee swap of questions? Shall I? Sure. I, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Sounds good. We're trying to save the best for last. So. Absolutely. I didn't want to go last. <laughs> <laughs> I was too much pressure, and I know I didn't, um, you know, do that good of a job. So, all right. Uh, my first question here in the second round is uh, about a specific winter festival. So this winter festival, having its indigenous roots with early Germanic peoples, can be found in the historical records as far back as the 5th to 6th centuries. The celebration period lasts somewhere around two months, falling along the end of the modern calendar year between what is now mid-November and early January. Scholars have connected the event period to the wild hunt and it's mm. potentially named for the god odin in uh in the norse mm. tradition so uh, my question is what is the winter festival name okay mm. well, i know saturnalia is a thing but i think that's more ancient rome mm. sort of deal not germanic not pagan maybe pagan but i don't i'm not sure do you I know feel like julia lauren I, I... Lauren and I could, I, yeah, if only we were in the same room in our brains. I know, we could Google each other. Okay. Um, <laughs> Odin is like to Woden, and then what yes. do we get from that? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, Julia. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know, that's as far as we got collectively from in different parts of this town. Um, I'm just trying to think. So I, I feel like this came up during our mythology May, but that was Which several was years ago. That was that a successful That was a successful month. theme month. Um, and shoot. he said in connection with the wild hunt as well. Yes, uh, the Odin's wild hunt. There's it's depicted in art pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, shoot, but that's not helpful at all. <laughs> yeah, I can offer I don't a, know. Uh, in the, in the, the season 
uh, of generosity a, a small hint. Sure, sure. So um, you you probably know this more uh, for a specific thing you do, um, maybe to bring you luck in the new year, or maybe you just put it on Netflix for several hours. Oh, approximately two and oh, a half hours. Yule? Is it Yule? Lo- it like- is Yule is the uh, is that oh, celebration? Oh, so. nice! Great job. Well done, Yule. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sticking in the theme of kind of the end of this year, but I went a little bit outside of that. Uh, the 30th of July, 2022 was the start of the current Islamic New Year. The Islamic uh, calendar is a lunar calendar beginning every year in which month, which also contains the Islamic observation of Ashura. You got me, buddy. I don't know. It would just be a straight guess on my part. Do what guys- month does the, does the calendar start? Yes. That's right. What is the first month of the Islamic calendar? Is it August? Hmm. Might as well be. I trust Lauren. Jeff? Uh, It was uh, July this year. Uh, It moves around a little bit uh, because it's a uh, lunar calendar. So there was no answer. Um, The name of the first month is uh, Muharram. Okay. Okay. Oh, you wanted it in. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We weren't going to get there, but I'm glad that now I know. How do you yeah. say it again? Muharram? Muharram. Muharram. Yeah. I, I had to put one in that was mostly learning. Yeah. You know. That, that, that's, what, that's what this episode Good. is, a lot, you know, about. Mm-hmm. We want to learn some stuff. This is a real vegetable eating kind Explore of uh, the world. round, huh? <laughs> uh, back to a, a tradition we've touched on uh, before, Hanukkah. Hanukkah is an eight-day Jewish celebration that commemorates the recovery and reestablishment of the Second Temple in the second century BC by the Maccabees. It usually falls in November or December and is commonly referred to as the Festival of Lights. What does Hanukkah translate to in English? Oh, I know it because I read it today. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't remember, to be honest. I I think it was devotion you're very close or dedication dedication, dedication. Ah, dedication. nice 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 yeah. uh, due to the i said reestablishment was the word i chose but the dedication of the second temple okay. so very nicely done awesome all right good thing uh, i read it today i will forget <laughs> it by tomorrow <laughs> all right here's a, a very obscure um yeah, well i'll just i'll just get into it <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, Jeff. All right. How would you turn a naughty gift into a nice one? Assuming Santa was of sufficient mass and temperature and that coal would turn into diamonds and he sat down on the naughty kid's coal, how much force would Santa need to exert? I'm also assuming he's already at the needed 2,000 to 2,200 degrees Fahrenheit. I'd like to see an answer within 100,000 pounds per square inch because Santa doesn't do metric. I, I almost. Lauren, would you rather have this or another question about WrestleMania nine? <laughs> oh, gee, so that's a tough. Between his butt cheeks. Between his, his warm buttocks. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the WrestleMania if we're choosing. <laughs> you said what? TBA. How many? One hundred pounds. Within a hundred thousand. Within a uh, hundred thousand pounds per hundred. Within a hundred. Within a hundred thousand. That's a pretty good variability. So we're gonna say one point five million. Pounds I'm gonna per say, square inch. I'm gonna say nine hundred thousand pounds per square inch. Um, Any other takers? I'll say one point <laughs> two million pounds per square inch. Pounds of raw. Six point oh two times ten to the twenty third. 
Mm. Ooh, Julia. A mole so specific. Of, of, uh, CSI. <laughs> poundage. A mole of Santa poundage. Ken, you are exactly double correct. Um, <laughs> Come it's, on. It's 725,000 pounds per square inch is what it would take to turn carbon into a diamond at those temperatures and pressures. I would say I was so closest. But... You were. You were. <laughs> LT was definitely closest. If I could only generate that much force, I'd be rich. Got to keep climbing, strengthening my, my grip. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and this last question here is a, a dedication to Julian Lauren. Uh, oh. It's based on their very successful Dictator December. God. <laughs> so uh, well Christmas loved. is a time for reflection and the giving of gifts. On Christmas Day 1989, the Romanian people gave the world a great gift by executing Romanian communist politician and dictator by firing squad. Oh, Sorry. my God. Uh, which Romanian communist politician and dictator? I'll, I'll let... Uh... Julie and Lauren take this. <laughs> the deposed yeah. leader was tried and convicted of economic sabotage and genocide by his fellow countrymen. Was this yeah, Ceausescu? It is Ceausescu. He didn't make the cut for a full episode, but no, he didn't. It was just actually, no, I think either you or I looked into it and we were like, this is too terrible. <laughs> like I'm already doing Pol Pot. We need to like really <laughs> roll this back. Also, there were five Tuesdays that December yes. too. Like when we... <laughs> It's we were like, like oh my oh god no. we have to do another one it was awful <laughs> never again it was very popular too like so many people are like are you guys doing dictator december again we're like no How many <laughs> do you want us to do depressing no. december i know do, do you know the name they said Chichesc- it already yeah. we said chachesco yeah, it's a, it's a nikolai chachesco okay so uh uh this, since we're on the topic <laughs> While I was researching my uh, my December birthdays uh, for my Jon Snow question, I believe Mao was also born on the 27th. Mm, good, good. <laughs> oh, boy. So, just throwing that out there. So, was that your final question, Jeff, to end on? That a, was. That thank was the, goodness. the final <laughs> of my five. <laughs> end on a, a heavy note there. Uh, well, that, that means Damn. we have to throw it to LT over here. So, what do you have in store for us? Oh, guys, I'm just so excited to share with you this. Um, You know, we've had our we've had our share of WrestleMania questions this evening and (laughs) we've had our share of movie and video game and uh, questions that have a Japanese flavor to them. (laughs) Um, But now we're in my corner and today I'm going to go with a round that I'm calling TBD, either Christmas or con. Lifetime or lies or hallmark or hyperbole. And I should be telling. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to recount the plot and actors of a hallmark Christmas movie. (laughs) And you're going to tell me if it is real or something that I made up. Now, I've been told by my husband that I've actually kind of stolen this inadvertently from uh, Justin McElroy of (laughs) My Brother, My Brother and Me, because he did a round on that a couple of years ago, I guess, called. Uh, that's a Christmas to me. So I should give him the props, even though it was more of a little bit of lateral thinking there. Anyway, so I'm going to give you the title and I'm going to give you a sh- brief description and you're going to tell me if it is real or something that I made up. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, here, here we go. I forgot. Number one. At this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I what should, I'm thinking, too. I should probably refrain, but we'll see what happens. Uh, number one, Christmas in Kringle. 
When big city lawyer Holly Danforth, Danica McKellar, gets a life-changing job interview in California on Christmas Eve, she jumps at the chance to advance her high-flying career. Unfortunately, bad weather and a travel mix-up lands her in small-town Kringle, PA, the night before the big interview. Luckily, charming military vet Rudy Carroll, David O'Donnell, and his adorable daughter Kaylee offer her a room in their lakeside cabin, where hot chocolate and cozy fireside chats hint at the promise of something more than career for Holly. Will Holly make it to her important interview, or will she give up the opportunity of a lifetime for love? These are like uh, pretty... before the, before we started rolling, we were talking about the like sleep podcasts that tell you boring stories <laughs> mm-hmm. to get you to sleep. That's kind of uh-huh. like like that. <laughs> I, well, I don't want I don't want to. So you watch right a now. lot of these. I'm I, so I, I had to pitch uh, ten of them for a company before, and I watched forty of them in over two weeks Holy and created a formula. Oh, wow! App. So wow. I I know a lot of them, so I'll refrain. I feel like this one is real. I feel like I remember seeing Danica McKellar in a. Hallmark Christmas movie type well, thing. The question is, okay. is she going to be making up the stars too? Oh yeah, for sure. Like yeah, oh yeah. Names. I'm oh, making yeah. up the. They're all no. I'm. They're all real actors. Okay. I will say. Okay. Mm-hmm. But they're you know they may or may not be actually in a Hallmark movie. <laughs> that sounds great to me. I think mm-hmm. that should I'm, be. That I'm should gonna be say real. real. I'm gonna say that Lauren is just a very good writer, and that was fake. And and <laughs> if it is fake, you should pitch it. <laughs> or have um, Neil pitch it. Sell it to Neil. Okay. Right. It is in fact fake. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> it is in fact fake. It is fake. Oh, and I should say, because I, I read these to Steve ahead of time and he gave me some edits. I will say that there is at least one fake and at least one real. Okay. I'm not gonna I'm there isn't right. uh okay. know, it isn't lies. Okay. Number two, a New Haven holiday. Connecticut bakery owner Nikki Harding, Candace Cameron Bure, just doesn't have the holiday spirit this year since it's the first Christmas since her husband Aaron died unexpectedly. Still grieving, she swears off baking any holiday cookies for their town's Christmas celebration, despite the urgings of her mother Janice, Jean Smart, and son Hunter. When handsome firefighter Rick Stern, Josh Kelly, comes in to order treats for the station, it seems like he has the perfect recipe to win Nikki's heart. But after a surprising discovery and a bittersweet revelation, Will love come back to Nikki this Christmas? Did God. did the husband the die? Casting. Did the husband die <laughs> of poisoned cookies? Is the twist? I, I don't know. You gotta. Ha- you're gonna have to watch it. Oh, they don't kill people off in Hallmark movies. No, oh, they they kill, they, not, they, not on they screen. Pre, they pre. They kill the husband <laughs> off pre. They're always. They're always pre dead. Yeah, they're always yeah, it's, widowers. It's, it's off screen. It's never, you know, you don't see someone get shot in the face or anything like that. Ever since Hallmark my dad movie. passed away, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the Hallmark movie, somebody just puts their hand blown clean Yeah, off. exactly. Actually, speaking of like that. Scanner style. <laughs> uh, Vince Vaughn um, produced a movie. They basically, they took an actual Hallmark script and then they, they added comedy into it and made it like an R-rated comedy, like an actual Hallmark script. And it's coming out, I think, this year. Him and someone, Justin oh, wow. Long, I think, too. That sounds great. Yeah. That's a good idea. Uh, what do you think, Neil? Um, I want to say real for all these because they all sound great. My gut is telling me Candace Cameron just left for a new network. I think it's called like CAG or something because Hallmark uh, was not Christian enough, God, which is you a know story. a lot about this. And um, I believe uh, knowing Gene Smart winning Emmys for, for Hacks, this had to have been like 10 years ago if it ever happened. I don't think Gene Smart's doing a Hallmark movie while she's winning Emmys right now, so I'm going to say it's fake. Anybody else? I'm going to say it's real. I'm just going to stick on the real by, train. I'm going to stand beside Neil always. I think it's fake. It is fake. <sighs> I did make that up. That's another okay. great one. Another great one. Thank you. Know, you. I was mad because the casting. I loved it. 
Uh, Okay, number three, jolly good Christmas. David Burnside, Will Kemp, is an American architect who recently moved to London for a prime opportunity at a prestigious firm, Fitzsimmons & Associates. With just three days before Christmas, he crosses paths with Anji Patel, Rush Machete, a professional shopper who raises an eyebrow over his choice of a gift card for his girlfriend, Charlotte, Sophie Hopkins, who also happens to be the boss's daughter. Mm. David ultimately decides to hire Anji and, thanks to a series of unexpected events, finds himself on a wild adventure across jolly old London as Anji helps him search for the perfect present. But when the pair discover an unexpected emotional connection between them, will Christmas shopping lead to love? I'm going to say fake, and here's why. Hmm. Hallmark isn't shelling out the dough to film in London. Ooh, what do you think about that's that? That's a good Neil? point. Mm-hmm. That is a good point. Uh, Will Kemp is, uh, you might remember him from Step Up 2. He was the older brother. I don't oh, remember him from Step yeah, Up 2. Um, he's been in a lot of Christmas princess movies. Um, and that's a great call on the cast, though. It's, it would have to be a Netflix movie if it's a real one, because they're, they're shelling out mm. money, even though they're filming in Budapest. But it's looking like London. <laughs> Um, uh, what are you thinking, Julia? I, I think it. Uh, this one might be fake. This is the closest one to real. I'm thinking, but I'm gonna say fake because he's an architect. Oh no, that's a that's a classic trope. <laughs> right, exactly. That's why. That's but why I... Lauren's preying on her. Oh, okay, okay, all right. I, you're all going fake. I'll say fake. Yeah, I'm going real. Uh, it is real. <laughs> Jolly Good Christmas is in fact real and is a Hallmark movie. That one yeah. sounds worse than the ones that you pitched, though. Yeah, I would easily watch <laughs> either of those other two before this one. Uh, well, we got two more. So here we go. Number four, A Majestic Christmas. Christmas in the charming town of Briar Falls will be bittersweet this year when architect Nell, Jerrica Hinton, goes back to her hometown, having been given the job of turning the historic Majestic Playhouse into a modern multiplex, much to the town's objections. This job is Nell's first promotion, and one she wishes she hadn't been chosen for, especially when she meets the new owner of the theater, Connor Christian Vincent, whose vision and ideas clash with Nell's. Since Connor hasn't had much experience celebrating Christmas, Nell gives him a crash course in Christmas during the town's 12-day festival. Will she change his mind about modernizing the Majestic and maybe find that Christmas tradition can lead to love? You know, when I was getting my oil changed one time, <laughs> I might have seen a little bit of this one on the, on the screen. And if not, okay. if not, it was similar to this one. <laughs> It looked like she was upset about this job and stuff, but the guy mm-hmm. was handsome. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the guy's always okay. got to be handsome. I mean, they're always handsome. You're never going to find an uggo in a Hallmark movie. Oh, no, movie. wait a Let's minute. In that one, the guy was sending her weird, elaborate gifts. Like, he, she, he was doing the 12 Days of Christmas or something. I don't mm. know. I'm going to say real. I think I know for sure, but I'll see what Julia and Jeff think. How lady architect, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's a man's job in a rom-com. Oh, wow. Wow. Hot take. Fake. <laughs> Only men can women, use rulers and T-squares. Women can't be architects in romantic yeah. comedies. Can they it's, be interior that's designers or wedding exact, planners? Gal- yes. They run an art gallery. Art gallery yep. runners. Florist. Yeah. Charming florist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Baker with, with Baker. Uh, you know, fun personality. <laughs> so I think this movie... Um, does something that I'm happy about, which is changes the, um, how do I put this, the makeup of every Hallmark movie for the last 25 years, and it put points it in a new direction. So I'm going to say it's real. Mm. 
what 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 specifically do you mean? Female well, architects. It's just not a. Uh, <laughs> it's just not an all white cast with two white people in the leads. It's, okay. it's a more diverse movie, I believe. I'm pretty sure. Neil is correct. This is real, and yes, both of the leads are black. Mm-hmm. And like, see, see, she I don't is know a female any architect. Of the actors that you're talking about. So yeah. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, like ninety percent of these have uh, Vanessa Hudgens, Lacey Chabert, or yeah. Candace Cameron Bure, or whatever mm-hmm. is their lead. Mm-hmm. So, well, funny you should say that because number five, Christmas Kiss. <laughs> Tom Garland, Wes Brown, is the third generation owner of the biggest toy store in Appleton, Ohio. Garland's Gifts. This Christmas, hardworking Tom is extra busy, especially since he is about to take over the business from his father, Richard, Jack Wagner, and marry his wealthy college girlfriend, Veronica, on New Year's Day. But when Tom and the night shift toy maker, Allison, Lacey Chabert, accidentally get locked in Garland's gifts together overnight on Christmas Eve, Tom discovers that Christmas isn't just about toys and expensive presents. Will Tom go through... (laughs) Guilt C, will Tom go through with his New Year's plans or will Allison show him the true meaning... Of Christmas. Love. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. It's just Christmas this time. <laughs> but also love. But also love. Let's be real. I like it. I like it. I like it to be real. It's never a mm. sex shop, though. No, it's not. No, it's Allison a toy shop. Allison runs a sex shop. That would be a good one. That would be a good one. So mad that there wasn't a night before Christmas question. It's like <laughs> strap on for Christmas or... Oh my goodness. Come I on now. I hate to admit this because I, I mean I did the research, it was for a specific thing. So it's not like I watch these movies all the time. My mom does, and I know other people who love them too. Oh, I know a few moms that do. Um mm. I think this is what I'm gonna say. This is gonna sound stupid. I think this one's fake, but there is a movie called A Christmas Kiss with Brendan Fair from like twenty ten or something that is real, but I think this one is fake. <laughs> okay. That's my that's my I, I say my real. All right, I'll go fake with Neil. I'll say, fake. I'll say fake. It is, in fact, fake. I did make that up. <laughs> Let me just double check. I want to make sure at least I'm not crazy. See, I called you I... on your BS about getting locked in the, the store, and then yeah, I just you went did. real anyways. And you know what? What's funny? I p- also pitched this to my coworker, Carrie, and she said that, yeah, she was like, no, that's fake. I was like, what made you think it was fake? She goes, overnight? Just one, like, that's too short amount of time to put base an entire movie around. I was like, ooh, that is a good point, but I kept but it anyway. But these are Hallmark so. movies, so it, you know it doesn't have to have rhyme or reason. I that's what I said. So, so Lauren, yeah. 2011, there was a movie called A Christmas Kiss with Elizabeth mm-hmm. Rome, Laura Breckenridge, Brendan Fur, and here's the little synopsis: An aspiring designer impulsively kisses a man she meets in a lift, only to discover he is her boss's boyfriend. She is given <gasps> the task of decorating his house for a lavish Christmas party, but begins to fall in love with him while he does not remember their previous encounter. Oh. I wonder what's going to happen. I, I think there's a sequel too, so who knows? <laughs> I'd like to see Neil try to find the the Hallmark movie that I saw like ten minutes of, just based on my recollections of it. Mm-hmm. But I bet he could figure it out. That's uh, for another podcast. Yeah, we could try that. Uh, yeah. after the show. Um, that's your Patreon for December. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, it was like a redheaded girl. Kinda, <laughs> yeah. Those are so good, Lauren. Thank you for putting those together. And they're really accurate Thanks. as well. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. I was on the um, Hallmark website looking for, uh, you know, like C and D grade actors to uh, really flesh out my my scripts. So thanks. Speaking of which, I just saw the movie uh, Bros. Oh, Billy yeah. Mm-hmm. Movie. Very funny. Yeah. And I was like, who's the other guy, though? Like, where did this guy come from? He's in a ton of those movies. Yeah, he is. There's a yeah. ton of oh, them. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I don't remember his name, but he's yeah. great in it. 
It was a very funny movie. Uh, it's like uh, Luke something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm here for the final round. Um, I guess, do I give you the categories? And there's no real wagers, though, I guess, I suppose, no. right? We wager everything. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll give you the categories anyway. So I just want to say my final round here is inspired by Julia and Lauren. Uh, as a podcaster, um, I'm going to be honest, I don't really listen to podcasts anymore uh, after five years of mm. doing this, except for like a few, a very small handful I listen to Misinfo every week, and I love it, and I have. And Aww. this is in honor of them for joining us today. So our categories are going to be their last five episodes that, for the title. So category one is Who's Afraid of That One Writer and the Bloomsbury Group? It's a movies question. Uh, question number two, The Queen Supreme, which is going to be about holidays. Uh, question three, Watch Me Work, the WNBA. It's a sports question. Number four, Supergirl Sleuth. It's going to be a literature and plays question. And number five, Hanna-Barbera, television royalty. It's going to be an actor's question. So if you're playing at home, those are the uh, categories you're going to want to wager on. So here is question one from Who's Afraid of That One Writer in the Bloomsbury Group? And I do want to say I get made fun of all the time for long questions. So for this holiday quest- holiday season, I'm going to just give you longer questions. You're going to have to eat the coal. So here you go. <laughs> Why are you saying eat the coal? I don't know. No, I just didn't make you eat coal. We're not making fun of you. You just get coal. I, we love the Neil questions, it's especially either... because like sometimes they just take a hard left. Oh, they're all going to take a hard left. <laughs> um, you either have to eat the coal or put it between your butt cheeks like Santa. So it's from, from Jeff's question. Okay. <laughs> I didn't specify how he made the diamonds. Oh, was that just Ken said it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Number one. Not to be confused with the Algonquin Roundtable, the Bloomsbury Group was a group of English writers, intellectuals, philosophers, and artists, including John Maynard Keynes, excuse me, E.M. Forrester, Lytton Strachey, and of course, Virginia Woolf. If you search online, you can see a ton of letters that Woolf wrote to friends and colleagues around Christmas time, including her nephew Quentin, son of her brother-in-law and frequent flirtation, Clive Bell. One of them states, This is a black, foggy Christmas week. And the human race is distracted and unlovable. That is, I spent yesterday in Oxford Street buying things like gloves and stockings. If you swap out Oxford Street for Bloomingdale's and Virginia Woolf with Kate Beckinsale, and you have the meat cute ingredients for what romantic comedy Christmas movie also starring John Cusack? Jesus, such a long <laughs> way around. <laughs> All right, let's get the next one. Okay, number two. The Queen Supreme is in reference to the iconic performer Diana Ross. You may know her daughter, Emmy Award-winning actress Tracy Ellis Ross of Blackish fame. When talking about the holidays, Tracy mentioned that in their household, they had a Christmas tree in the living room and a menorah in the kitchen, as her dad is music executive Robert Ellis Silberstein. Speaking of menorahs, can you tell me how many candles are on a menorah? Number three in the category of Watch Me Work, the WNBA. Karima Christmas Kelly is an American professional basketball player who last played for the Minnesota Lynx in the WNBA. But in 2012, three months before Christmas, she received the gift of a WNBA championship with what team known for their rises in temperature? This team plays their home games in the crossroads of America, sharing a stadium with their brother NBA team once home to a superstar known as the Nick Killer. Question four in Supergirl Sleuth. In 1938's Hercule Poirot's Christmas, the book opens with two things, a playful dedication to Agatha Christie's brother-in-law, James Watts, where she says, You complained that my murders were getting too refined, anemic, in fact. You yearned for a good, violent murder with lots of blood, a murder where there was no doubt about it being murder. So this is your special story, written for you. I hope it may please. And also an epigraph with this quote, 
Yet who would have thought the old man to have had so much blood in him? Which is not only said by one of the suspects in the book, but this is a direct quote from what Shakespeare tragedy is shortest. And number five in Hanna-Barbera. At 22 minutes of episode 231 of Misinformation, the show almost became obsolete when audiences learned that Lauren really doesn't like Hanna-Barbera and according to Julia, hates fun. After being so excited to do research on the famous cartoon empire, Julia was gutted and the pair was almost unable to finish the episode and fans around the world would have been left weeping. To appease Julia and preserve their friendship, Lauren mentions that her favorite is the Flintstones and also bravely admits to being a Hitler hater. Speaking of the Flintstones, in 1994, they had a made-for-TV movie called A Flintstones Christmas Carol, which starred what Welsh actor known for such iconic characters as Gimli and Sala, portraying a character named Charles Brickens in Bedrock's community theater production of A Christmas Carol. All right, we'll take a quick break, think about these, and we'll be back with our conversation. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. Yeah. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. All right, guys, uh, we're back. Some of these we need to talk about. Some of them I think uh, we got from the clues, but let's uh, let's have a shorter version. Neil, if you abridge your questions a little bit. Of course. So uh, number one, uh, it was a Virginia Woolf quote, but I said if you swapped out Oxford Street for Bloomingdale's, added Kate Beckinsale and John Cusack, what romantic comedy Christmas movie would you get? I mean, if I'm thinking Kate Beckinsale, John Cusack, rom-com, I'm thinking serendipity. Yeah, that's I what that's I was going to say. One. I haven't yeah. seen it, but I've seen the cover a lot. Mm. Was Did they also do Must Love Dogs, or am I thinking of a different actor? No, uh, different one? lady. Different lady. Different yeah. lady. I think you're thinking of, I think it's Catherine Zeta-Jones, maybe? 
Or mm-hmm. that's America's sweet hats. Sweet sweet hats. <laughs> sweet hats. Sweet hats. <laughs> Mega sweet hats. That's what it's called. <laughs> Mega sweet hats. Uh, serendipity <laughs> is correct. Great yes. job. Uh, and uh, it's uh, Diane Lane from Must Love, Must Love Dogs. Yeah. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Question two was in the Queen Supreme. I was just asking you uh, how many candles are on a menorah. So so I, there's one for each day. Yeah. So that's eight. And then, and then there's a central candle, which is of a higher elevation, I believe. The mm-hmm. the king candle. It's bigger and taller. Yep. So I think it's nine. 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 In charge of all the other candles. Mm-hmm. All correct. So nine on the last night. The middle candle that is raised slightly higher than the others is called the shamash and is used to light all the others. All right. Number three was uh, the WNBA question. I'm basically looking for the team that Karima Christmas Kelly played for. And the clues I gave you were the team is located in the crossroads of America and shares a stadium with a famous NBA player who was once known as the Nick Killer. So what is the WNBA team? So You said something about having a hot rising, rise in body temperature. Rise in body temperature. The, the fever? Yes, I believe that might be right because it's it's Indiana is the crossroads of America. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure what he's talking about is they play where the Pacers play and... Um, I can't remember which one was the Nick Killer, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. I think the Indiana Fever sounds right. And when I drive through Indiana, I do feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you and me both, right? Uh, yeah, I think you guys are right. And I think the Nick Killer is Reggie Miller. Ah, that sounds right. Mm. Correct from everyone. Yes, it is Reggie Miller. And the answer is the Indiana Fever. Nice. Yeah, I was, at first I was like rising temperature. I was like, oh, the mercury. And I was like, that's not in the crossroads of America. <laughs> uh, question four uh, was about Hercule Poirot's Christmas. And Agatha Christie has a, a habit of putting Shakespeare quotes into a lot of her work. This quote that is an epigraph and used in the, the book is, yet who would have thought the old man to have had so much blood in him? So what Shakespeare tragedy is this from? And it is from his shortest. I think it's the play that will not be named. Yeah, I think it's Macbeth, Macbeth. Oh, that is a pretty short one. It makes sense, though. I was trying to think of Shakespeare uh, plays with old man murders. So All of them. <laughs> Surprisingly, a lot of them. <laughs> Weirdly enough. Yes. A lot of old men die. Uh, his shortest play is Macbeth. That's correct. Mm. And in this humble podcaster's opinion, his best work. Mm. It's Colleen's favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and question five, I gave you a little rundown of the time Julia and Lauren almost broke up very recently. <laughs> uh, it's a great episode if you want to listen to it. Um, yep. And as Lauren says, I like the Flintstones when she was totally lying. Um, <laughs> the question is... Lauren, uh, I agree with you, by the way. Thank I'm not you, a lover Ken. of Hanna-Barbera. Come on. Not even wacky races? None of them. <laughs> I'm five minutes before. into my episode. I'm so excited. And she goes, can I tell you? I don't care about this topic at all. I don't. Just did a week of research. I don't like I it. So I, I heard LT so clearly when you were like, can I tell you? <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, the Flintstones question uh, was, uh, in a Flintstones Christmas Carol, there was an actor who played Charles Brickens, uh, and it's the famous actor from such characters as Gimli and Sala. Do you know that actor's name? I have no mm. idea what you're talking about. Are we talking about Gimli? So, oh, so he's like a Lord of the Ring. He Gimli, the, like, he is one he's of one of the, Lord of the Lords. Ring. He's one of the Ring guys. Oh, Gimli, what's, what, what are you saying? Imsala? Uh, he played such iconic characters as Gimli and Sala. Oh, and Sala. Okay, so that's probably Indiana Jones, the second one, right? So that's 
John Reese Davis. Right? Is, is it John Reese Davis? That's that's Davis. pretty Welsh sounding. You are correct, John Reese Davis. Yeah. Well done. Those are all awesome. my questions. Awesome. Thank you for all the shout outs, Neil. That was very sweet. Of course. <laughs> of course. All right. Thank you, Neil. And uh, that'll do it for this holiday episode. It's a wonderful tradition. I enjoy it. This is the sixth year, right? Sixth year, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Whew. And we'll, we'll keep having you guys back and back and back every every time if we could. So. Um, I mean, we'll that your next... listeners have demanded it. The yeah, I mean, spoken. we've been specially requested. So absolutely, they you are. are our favorite collab and most requested. So, and can you well, can you give details on uh, people checking you out? Like, where can they find you and and all that good stuff? Well, you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, social media, you know, as as we all know, it's just really who knows who knows if you can find us on social media anymore. Mm-hmm. As of this recording, we're still on Twitter <laughs> at MissInfoPod. Uh, we're still on Facebook at Misinformation and Trivia Podcast. All right. uh, we have an email address, MissInfoPod at gmail.com. Only send us nice things. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good policy who would send rude things that's so mean yeah who would uh well thank you so much no, for, for joining us uh you know i wanted to, to quote uh the movie not really quote i suppose but uh, it's wonderful life there's a moment when uh, george bailey looks at an inscription in a book from the uh, guardian angel clarence that says uh george dear Hold george on. you're not gonna do it in the voice well he's he doesn't say it though so it does, i guess i can just do it in the voice <clears throat> uh <laughs> I, don't dear, dear he, I don't care if he says it or not i want to hear the voice <laughs> Remember my name. No man is a failure who has friends. He's, he's it's too old, Jimmy Strat. That's okay though. That was really good. Super uh, old. Thanks for the wings. Great though. Yeah. Oh, thank you, uh, like Mr. A, Potter. That's a post mortem, Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> I still got my legs, you asshole. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, and that'll, I guess, do it for... It's sad to say goodbye, but that'll do it. I hope you guys all enjoyed this extra long episode. want to once again thank Julia and Lauren for joining us as always. Thanks, and guys. No, no matter what you celebrate, we hope you have a, a wonderful end to 2022. And we're mm-hmm. looking forward to you know more shenanigans in the new year. Yeah. We love you both. I love you, Jeff. I love you, Neil. Matt, you're all right, wherever you are. <laughs> Uh, And that'll do it for the episode Uh, for all these folks. I'm Ken, and that was Triviality. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.